morning everyone or whenever it is that you are watching this video so glad that you chose to tune in to this message today and uh, you know we are living in strange times we are living in uh, unprecedented times we don't really know exactly how things are supposed to look or what we're supposed to be doing in these times and it is with that in mind that we need to exercise wisdom in what we're doing one of the things about wisdom, though, is that wisdom doesn't come with a manual that gives you a definite uh, uh, response as to whether something is completely right or something is completely wrong. Uh, we tell people to exercise wisdom, but through the actions that they make, we can't really fully say whether the person has used wisdom or not in a way that is completely objective. Take, for example, the toilet paper crisis that we have in our nation at the moment. And uh, you could see two different kinds of people that are responding to the situation. There is a whole bunch of people that are saying that, you know, we should be considerate of one another. That this quarantine doesn't mean that we need to be hoarding all of the toilet paper. And so let's use wisdom in ensuring that everyone has a fair share of toilet paper in these times. But at the very same time, there could be someone else that is getting as much toilet paper as they can get their hands on and still be saying that they're using wisdom in that decision. What do I mean by that? Well, for, for them, they are looking at the situation at hand and they, they, they could be saying, hey, we don't know when there could be a full lockdown of our whole nation. Uh, there, there could be a time that no one is allowed to go out to the shopping centers and look at how few toilet paper rolls are left if I don't grab one. Maybe when I'm back at the shops tomorrow, there could be none left and I need to get this not just for myself, but for my kids. And so I'm going to use wisdom. And since there's an opportunity for me to get some toilet paper today, that is what I am going to do. Can you say that one party over the other party is definitely using wisdom or are both parties using wisdom? I put forward to you that both parties are using wisdom, but they are using wisdom based on a filter that they are viewing the situation with. And that filter, my friends, is fear. When we use the filter of fear to make our decisions, it colors it. It tells us how we are supposed to respond based on a threat that we believe is coming towards us. That is actually the definition of fear. Fear is our response when we believe that we are being threatened. In fact, uh, uh, realistically speaking, fear is the response to a clear and present threat. On a little bit of a side note, a cousin to fear is anxiety and worry. Anxiety is about a fear of a potential future threat that possibly might be coming towards me. The anxiety is about me thinking about what could happen. So when we talk about those two people, one that is trying to do what is right by society, one that is doing right by themselves and their family perhaps, what that second person is probably doing is using the lens of anxiety, uh, a potential future threat, and using that anxiety, they formulate their decision-making process. What I want to discuss with you with the rest of this message is how fear is useful, but fear also needs to be managed. Fear 
for us as human beings is actually a threat analysis. It is an extremely quick threat analysis that we make of a situation. The fact that our emotions simply well up inside of us and, and sometimes even overtakes our thinking is because we have seen this as a very dangerous threat. Our emotions are telling us this is a threat. I need to respond to it. But what we need to do is to be able to say there is a threat that is coming towards me. Let me think about how to respond to it. And that is what we need to learn how to do in this current climate. We need to slow down in order to make careful threat analyses about the situations that are unfolding in our lives. In the Bible, we actually see these words, do not fear, quite a number of times. And in fact, in Mark chapter 5, there is this really interesting story about how Jesus goes to this town and he delivers this demon-possessed man. He has got a legion of demons who has been tormenting him and has been tormenting him to the point that no one could actually get close to him. So they set him while in this cemetery to roam by himself because of how crazy this man was. Now, Jesus comes to this man, delivers him from these demons, and the next day, the townsfolk, they come round and they see that this man is in his right mind. He is dressed, he is seated with Jesus, and in his right mind. And the Bible records this, that they were afraid. In fact, they were so afraid that they decided to kick Jesus out of their town. I thought that that was really quite crazy, but this is what fear does to us, friends. When we are fearful and we examine and we believe that there is a threat that is coming towards us, one of our key responses is to try to take control of the situation. For these townspeople, they were so used to this man being crazy and wild that they knew how to control him. They just simply left him aside. They did not know how to react to the fact that this man was now well. They did not know how to take the situation. They did not know how to understand what Jesus had done. And so by trying to take control of the situation, they did what they could do. And what they could do was chase Jesus out of town. They might, we might say that that's pretty crazy, but when we look at the current situation that is unfolding in front of us, that is what people are doing. Because of the fear of what this coronavirus could do to us, we decide to control what we can control, and that is to hoard everyday products to the point of being slightly or maybe really ridiculous. We are simply trying to control factors to give us a sense of control. Threat makes us feel out of control. And that is our natural response to want to control. So what does the Bible teach us about how we face these threats? What does the Bible teach us about threat analysis? Well, in Philippians 4 verses 6 to 7, it says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I used to think that this verse simply meant that when I'm fearful and when I'm anxious, 
All I do is I pray, I give thanksgiving to God, and God will magically just take away that fear so that I do not experience the fear anymore. That is not what the Bible is teaching us. Look at what it says, the peace of God which transcends understanding. We don't fully understand it. It leads us to guard our hearts and our minds. It doesn't stop us from feeling and thinking. In fact, what the peace of God does is that it helps us to be able to evaluate circumstances around us. How do I know that? Well, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 in the Amplified Bible, in the Amplified Version says this, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but He has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. Abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Where fear tries to grip us and fear can overwhelm us and lead us to do unbalanced thinking and unbalanced decision making, the peace of God, the Spirit of God helps us to calm down, to think well and to think things through before we react. That's why we need God in situations like this, because it is normal to be fearful about what is going on. But instead of being slaves to fear, instead of allowing fear to master us, we need to allow the peace of God to guard us, to be able to think clearly about what is taking place in front of us and how to react to it. Church, we need to do healthy threat analyses in our lives, whether just with the coronavirus issues or whether just in everyday issues. I see people uh, all the time that because of fear are making unbalanced decisions. For example, because people fear rejection, they choose not to be in a relationship. Because people fear failure, they choose not to do certain things. Because of these fears that we have inside of us, because of these threats that we believe are in the world around us, we try to seize control of the situation, which often leads to bad decision making. Rather, we need to allow the peace of God that transcends our understanding to guard our hearts and our minds. What does it mean to allow the peace of God that transcends our understanding? I've been just talking about how we need to have sound judgment, how we need to be thinking clearly, but the peace of God can sometimes transcend our understanding. What does that mean? I believe that it means that we need to learn how to trust that God is still sovereign in the situations that are unfolding in front of us. Let me read to you Matthew 6, 25 to 34. Jesus says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are they not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grows. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. 
If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here tomorrow, uh, here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The peace of God transcends the situation uh, and transcends our understanding, because in our understanding, we do not always know how God is going to act. But one thing that we can know is that He is our Heavenly Father who loves us dearly and desires good things for us. Over the last month, as I uh, transitioned into fatherhood, one of those things that I realized is that as much as my intention is for the health and the well-being of my son, there are moments that he still doesn't fully understand that that is what I'm trying to do. I could be trying to give him the milk that he is crying out for, but in his agitated state, he is unable to consume what I'm trying to give him for his health. We all know the, 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 the overtired syndromes of little children, that this uh, whole ang- uh, uh, angstiness can just escalate to the point where they can't even sleep. So even though we are trying to give them something that they need, they are still fighting us every step of the way. I wonder if this is a little bit like how we need to trust God in fearful situations, that we don't always fully perceive and understand that God is working for our good. But when we stop, when we calm down, when we come to God with prayer, petition and thanksgiving, his peace comes, allowing us to activate a sound mind out of the spirit that he has given to us. Church, over the next few weeks, I ask you to practice threat analysis that is godly, that allows God to show us how we are to act in this world that we are living in. We're going to put some discussion questions for you on this uh, post so that you can have a discussion with your family or maybe other lifters that you know are listening to this. Have some some, uh, deepening of your understanding of this. Practice this and I guarantee that the peace of God will start to filter through into your life. Thank you so much, church. Let me just pray for you and we'll close from here. Dear God, I thank you that you love us so much. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your love transcends anything that we could all, uh, that we could perceive or understand. We thank you that in these times that can elicit fear, that can make us irrational from time to time, I pray that God that we will find time to come into your presence, to pray, to petition and to give you thanksgiving. And we pray that that sound mind uh, would be activated in each and every single one of us. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Lift Church or on Facebook at Lift Church Perth. That will give you all the up-to-date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.